We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. People of Earth, your planet has been destroyed. Welcome to Conspiracy. The show. The world's most trusted conspiracy theory podcast. With your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Olivia Haidar. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. And I'm Olivia Haidar. And that makes us your hosts. Olivia, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. I, I actually, like, kind of mean that for once. <laughs> nice. That's good so, to hear. Yeah. yeah. I'm fine. And I mean yeah. that. You know, I'm just fine. <laughs> for sure. We are talking about some ripped from the headlines stuff if i had if i had a soundboard in reach it would play the law and order sting right now yeah you know yeah the real the quick one not the whole not the jazzy baseline intro oh sure i mean i love the the law and order theme the classic law and order theme have you ever seen will arnett play air law and order theme no it is i don't think so if you can find video of it it is one of the funniest fucking things you'll ever see yeah it's so good i love that we're talking about julian assange Mm -hmm. we haven't talked about him much because i think uh like myself you don't like julian assange that much (laughs) i don't i don't like him personally yeah, he's, like I have complicated feelings about his legal status, but like as a dude, I don't like him. Yeah, I can tell he's someone I wouldn't want to hang out with. Right. And the thing about Julian Assange as it relates to WikiLeaks, it's kind of a separate the artist from the art kind of thing. And sure. Julian Assange himself has said, well, I'm like the face of WikiLeaks. I'm the one who, mm-hmm. when there's a controversy about something we've done. I'm the one who kind of takes that on. Right. And that means he gets a lot of heat for the things WikiLeaks does, but it also means he gets a lot more credit for what WikiLeaks does than he might necessarily deserve. Yeah. So he's kind of become this celebrity just because of his role in the company, whereas there are so many other people working behind the scenes to actually pull this work off. Yeah, he's a figurehead. He's a very toxic figurehead. Like, I don't know. If I were WikiLeaks, I would probably not want him to be the face of my organization. Yeah, he stepped down, didn't he? Uh, You know, I get, I'm pretty sure he's not look, the head of WikiLeaks anymore. I mean, like, yeah, I feel like it would be tough living at the Ecuadorian embassy and doing that at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he, he is not anymore. He hasn't been for a while. Yeah, we're mostly talking about the controversy surrounding the U.S. wanting to extradite Julian Assange. Yeah. 
And it's one of those things where sometimes the cost of an actual free press and mm-hmm. legitimately free speech is sometimes you got to stick up for a guy who was accused of spreading shit on the walls inside the Ecuadorian embassy, <laughs> among other crimes. Yeah. And like skateboarding in the halls <laughs> and like, and also a guy who was credibly accused of sexual assault by multiple women in Sweden. That like, we cannot talk about Julie Desaj without. Was it multiple? Multiple women? I thought it was just one woman. Fairly certain it was two women. Oh. At least. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that obviously complicates matters. Julian Assange just kind of sucks. Right. But all of that is kind of his, like, all of the the, the shit on the walls and and the rape and all that stuff is separate from why governments want to hunt him. And that makes it so annoying and complicated. Right. So before we dive into the extradition saga, let's Mm -hmm. just get everyone up to speed on the Julian Assange story up to this point, like really high Mm -hmm. level overview stuff. There's like movies about this. It's very complicated. I, I can't believe, are you, you're, you're going to pass by the Julie, the Julian (laughs) Assaga. That was in the notes, just for the people at home. Yeah, I said uh, and, Julian Assange saga in the notes, and then I put in yeah. parentheses Julian Assaga. I, I just I couldn't believe you would <laughs> want to drop skip by it. It's, that, that's great. Well, hey, thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I just put it in there, hoping you would reference it and notice it in the course of the podcast. <laughs> he helped establish WikiLeaks back in 2006. That was a long time ago. That was when. Bush, when Bush was still in office. And a lot of their more inflammatory material early on had a lot to do with the Bush administration and our excursions in the Middle East. Excursions. Yeah, that's one way to put it. (laughs) That just makes it sound so much more lighthearted. Yeah, it's a Tribe Called Quest song. That's all that is. They made headlines not long after when... They uploaded documents that were supplied by U.S. Army intelligence analyst Chelsea Manning. Yeah. I have a very interesting relationship to this story that we will talk about at the end. Yeah, I can't wait because, yeah, you told me about this. In that I knew the hacker who turned Chelsea Manning in. That's just, that it, that blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> But not at the time. It was like years and years later and at a Mm -hmm. weird point in my life where I was like, how are you showing up in my life right now? This is weird. We'll talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) But it's kind of a bad sign. In 2010, WikiLeaks released what has come to be known as the collateral murder video. You ever watch this video? I did. It is. When it came out. Yeah. It's harrowing. It is. Mm -hmm. Basically, a video of U.S. soldiers shooting civilians in Iraq from a helicopter, including a Reuters journalist and his assistant. Yeah. Purposefully. They meant to kill these civilians. Yeah. Like Sarah Palin hunting wolves from a fucking helicopter. (laughs) Wait. Did that happen? Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't know about that? Was that during the controversy? Yeah. I don't remember that, but that just what it came it just up makes me think of the thing. It like, <laughs> came up back when she was campaigning with John McCain. 
Yeah, no, sure. But what if she was trying to stop a shapeshift again? We don't know. <laughs> you never know. We don't know. Yeah, Reuters had previously requested that video, as you might expect. Sure. Under, under a Freedom of Information Act request. And the government said no. I cannot imagine what their reasoning was. Probably something like it's not in the public interest. It's like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure, it's not. National security, blah, blah, blah. It was so easy for them to just hide shit under the terrorism banner, especially during this time. Yeah, and still, like all they well, really of still all they really ever have to say is national security, and of course, shit just stays locked away for another twenty five years. Release the Elvis files, <laughs> but like, I want to know what but, part but of like, Argentina he lived in with the Nazis. Right, it's just like it's hard to remember that mindset of like what it was like back in like two thousand six, two thousand seven when this was happening, like. It was just everywhere. It was just all in the air, this, like, terrorism bullshit and, like, fear-mongering. It was awful. Yeah. So, later that same year, 2010, WikiLeaks released the Iraq War Logs, which was a collection of more than 300,000 U.S. Army field reports from the war, covering 2004 to 2009. Mm -hmm. Whole franchise, this was. They, they dropped two sequels in rapid uh. succession, the Afghanistan War Logs, which was part two, and mm -hmm. the Guantanamo Bay Files, which was part three, released in July 2010 and April 2011, respectively. And they also at one point released a bunch of U.S. diplomatic cables that were referred to as the Cablegate Files. Cablegate mm -hmm. Files are arguably the most important thing they released. Right. For one thing, at least in part, it leads to the Arab Spring. Yes. Because the yeah. diplomatic cables were just exactly what it sounds like. U.S. diplomats from all around the world mm -hmm. reporting back to probably the CIA about what they're learning in their respective countries. Right. And it was just basically everyone's corrupt. There is no, <laughs> There are no good governments. Thankfully, the diplomatic cables changed that. And now there's several. Right, of course. Just fantastic governments operating I mean, on the world stage. Look, the Arab Spring was a great thing and yeah. like can't all last forever. What is crazy about these files, and I didn't put all of this in the notes, but I don't know why that matters to people listening. But <laughs> at one point, unredacted versions of all of these cables got leaked, mm -hmm. which is a obviously huge problem. And the way it happened, Julian Assange had given these files to a journalist and gave him an encryption key that he could read them with. Yeah. And that journalist used these files in part to write a book. And for reasons I will never understand, apparently he put that encryption key in the book, assuming it was a thing that would have just like expired after a day or two when Julian Assange gave it to him. And mm -hmm. nope, it had not expired. Mm -hmm. And people were able to use that encryption key to unredact these cables. And at one point, oh, Julian God. Assange is like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I got it. I'm just going to release the unredacted files myself. And it's like, cool. that is a... That's a weird course of action, bud. That that might yeah. have been the wrong turn to take. Personally, sure. 
I kind <laughs> like that's but like that's the sort of thing where I'm like I I I kind of have to be like okay that's well his argument was basically that everyone who might be targeted because of these files needs to know also sure so it it can't just be a thing where those people are walking around unaware that they're named right. in these files that have been unredacted by the fucking intelligence community. Yeah, so no, his, that makes sense. His argument was, you know, everyone should know about it and adjust their lives accordingly. <laughs> but him uploading those unre- for the CIA, him uploading those unredacted files is what really got him on the government's radar. I mean, right. they were obviously he was he was on the radar before that. Of course, of course. And so that's all the Chelsea Manning stuff. That is, I don't know if the, I don't remember the, I don't think the diplomatic cables came from Chelsea Manning, but all of the, like the Guantanamo files, the Mm -hmm. Afghanistan files, Iraq files, those combined with him unreleased, him releasing those unredacted cables, that's what gets the government after Julian Assange. Right. And they start investigating Julian Assange around that time. That was 2010, 2011. But Mm -hmm. it comes up at one point. I always talk about how when several different administrations all kind of agree on one thing, like buckle Mm -hmm. up, something is afoot. And that's obviously the case with Julian Assange. Right. Where Obama, Trump, Biden have all kind of been in lockstep when it comes to Julian Assange, even though Trump you know, publicly was like, hey, I love WikiLeaks. I hope they find those emails. Right. But that's well, sure. Trump being a fucking idiot. Right. But also the Obama administration, they were the first ones to start investigating Julian Assange. But fair is fair. In their case, they argued they could not indict Julian Assange because then they would have to indict the journalists who published this material also. Right. Yeah. It was Trump who changed course on that. And in 2017, started investigating Julian Assange with the intent to prosecute him under the 1917 Espionage Act, which was meant to fight spies in World War One. But what's interesting is Biden hasn't backed away from that either. Huh. That is interesting. And I know we have our hearts set on the idea that because a Democrat is in office, the U.S. government is good now. But Of course. I mean, that's my belief. Are you going to shatter my belief right now? <laughs> but just flash back to what I just said about the Obama administration being like, well, Wait. if we indict Julian Assange. Right. Yeah. We have to indict the journalists who publish that material. So now if Biden indicts Julian Assange. Mm-hmm. Are they going to indict the journalists who published that material? Because we are talking about the same administration that just disappeared in ABC News, producer. (laughs) Did it disappear him? He just vanished from public life and lost his job and refuses to talk to anybody about it. Yeah, it's like that episode of Black Mirror where you get blocked, but you're still alive. (laughs) You just can't see faces and they can't recognize you. He's still alive, but, like, is he? That might happen. Of all of the Black Mirror (laughs) things, that might happen. Yeah, I could see that. They just put contacts in your eyes. Yeah, or something. Yeah. So around this same time, though, 2010, 2011, that is when the 
Sweden charges come up. Yeah. Where two separate charges, rape and molestation, are lodged against Julian Assange after a speaking trip to Sweden. Right. And that's what eventually compels him to seek refuge in the Ecuadorian embassy. Not so much the WikiLeaks stuff, at least not at first. Yeah. Because he was in London and it was going back and forth in the courts and the courts finally decided, yes, you can be extradited to Sweden. That's when he holds up in the Ecuadorian embassy. Imagine being Ecuador and just having that fall into your lap. Like, oh, right. fuck, yeah. man. Why right. us? Why us? Because he can only... You can only imagine the story. Now that we know the stories of what he was doing in Ecuador, we can only imagine the stories that they had heard before he got there of like him in fucking London or whatever. Julian Assange has alleged that some of the crazier stories about his behavior in the embassy in Ecuador were embellished at at best because Mm -hmm. Ecuador just wanted him out of there and we'll get to why they wanted him out of there right. but they definitely wanted him out of there uh-huh that's not even me hinting that we're going to get to ecuador being not justified in wanting them out of there they sure as shit <laughs> should have wanted him out it's like his julian assange got kicked out of the ecuadorian embassy for the same reason a lot of comedians bomb on stage he failed to read the room Exactly. He did the wrong material in front of the wrong crowd. That's it. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Up to that point, Ecuador, up to that point, Ecuador was doing everything you would want them to do in a case like this. Yeah. Like they were following the fucking law and Julian Assange fucked it up. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And that's the thing with this stuff in Sweden. Where I'm like, obviously, when you've got governments and shit coming after you, like, any personal shit is bound to get dragged up and thrown at you. And so, like, it doesn't matter if you could be squeaky clean and with, like, one mistake and they'll find it and they'll use it against you. But still, Julian, if you're on the run from the gut, you should know that they're going to look for this stuff. So why are you fucking doing it? Yeah. Insane. Because all of the sexual assault charges are from a speaking trip after he's already, yeah, like you were saying, like on the on the run, basically. Yeah. So that was June 2012 when he checked into his room at the Ecuadorian embassy. He was there for a long time. Like they just like you can see pictures and videos of his living quarters. They just converted an office into yeah. like a studio apartment. And mm-hmm. if he did go crazy in there, I'm not surprised cuz yeah, he treated that Ecuadorian embassy office like my high school bedroom. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Doing fucking kick flips. Jesus. Slamming Mountain Dew. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... 
must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So he checks in in June 2012. For more than three years after he entered the embassy, the Metropolitan Police kept a 24-hour in-person guard around the building on the off chance he might try to, I don't know, sneak out for a scone or fish and chips or something. Okay, you... You're thinking it's to keep him in, not to keep other people out. No, because he went to the embassy, and when he did that, he was out on bail, I think for the rape charges. Sure. But either way, whatever he was out on bail for, he violated his bail by Mm. seeking asylum at the embassy. That was the Metropolitan Police's argument. So they thought just because... He checked into the Ecuadorian embassy. They should be able to arrest him because of that. And they eventually gave up on that and just installed security cameras, which this is London, where there are not 2,500 security cameras pointed at this place already. (laughs) Right. I've seen the TV shows. I know. I know what's up. What do you mean you Mm -hmm. installed security cameras? I think you mean you turned (laughs) one of the dozens that were in the area toward that door. And there were some points where it seemed like things were maybe going to go his way, like when Obama pardoned Chelsea Manning. Sure. I think a lot of people thought, well, is Julian Assange next? And it's like they would have announced Julian Assange first. Right. He is definitely not next. And Obama did that on the way out in January 2017. In April 2017, Jeff Sessions was like, no, we're still... Definitely trying to arrest that guy. Don't you worry. And by December of 2017, there were rumors that unnamed U.S. figures were planning to either kidnap or poison Julian Assange if this carried on much longer. And at first, he did have a lot of support from Ecuador. And that probably had a lot to do with the U.K. when he sought asylum in that embassy. The UK government reached out to the government of Ecuador and was like, hey, you know, we have the right to come in there and arrest him, huh? And they were like, do you? That sounds like a threat. (laughs) Yeah. You sure you want to try that? And so for a long time, Ecuador was like, man, Julian Assange can stay as long as he wants. Yeah, absolutely. They gave him citizenship. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the next concern in the UK was that, well, next they're going to try and smuggle him out and get him to Ecuador so he can just live there instead of fucking making people clean up after his cat shit in the (laughs) embassy in London. It seems like what got him in trouble, and this is where him not reading the room comes up, Mm -hmm. is when he started getting involved in the Catalan separatist movement in Spain. It's Twitter. People need to fucking stay off of Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. He had been tweeting about it, and Spain was like, uh, Ecuador, get your boy. You. Yeah. You you need to. He's taking shelter in your embassy. You got to tell him Mm. to tone this down. 
or Jesus. there's going to be problems. And he did not tone it down. Ecuador was no. just like, come on, bro. You got to understand Spain's not cool like we are. <laughs> Again, like Julian, put your goddamn phone away. Like, why are you're on the run? You are hunted by multiple superpowers. <laughs> like, why are you fucking? Uh, why are you tweeting, brother? Come on. Yeah, it just. I understand you still kind of have a job to do, but kind of. There were also stories that there were some countries that were able to like kind of talk him out of reporting on stuff, and it's like, oh, what was that about? Sure, but. Uh-huh. The Ecuadorian government can't get the same leeway. It wasn't just that he got involved in that separatist movement, which made Spain obviously very angry. Mm-hmm. But even after all that, at first, Ecuador goes in and cuts his Internet access after he tweeted about that separatist movement. <laughs> but eventually he was able to like smooth things out enough to where he got internet access again and mm-hmm. was able to communicate with the outside world and it seemed like Ecuador well, he agreed to do the dishes for a week. Yeah, exactly. He <laughs> bought the groceries. And then WikiLeaks reports on some scandal involving the president of Ecuador <laughs> while Julian Assange is still living in the embassy. And at that point Ecuador's like, "Dude, fuck you." Yeah. Yeah, I would say if you're going to compromise your journalistic or whatever ethics in in any case, it might be to not anger the one country on Earth that will put up with your crusty ass. Yeah, they were going so hard in the paint for him. Yeah. And he's like, I'm a journalist. And it's like, no, you're really not. That's kind of why the U.S. is trying to extradite you. Yeah, I mean, but also, I mean, yeah, like, but regardless, you know, you're also a person and you're staying in these in this country's goddamn uh, place. You got what do you expect, man? He also sued the Ecuadorian government while living inside the embassy, which was probably not a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. This is one of those things. It always blows my mind when people file lawsuits like this, knowing it means Every detail of this story is going to come out like there was. Did you read about this QAnon fuck who just bought a fucking mansion with the money he makes spouting QAnon shit on YouTube? Mm -hmm. And QAnon, of course, very opposed to pedophilia and child sex trafficking, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was accused of having a relationship with a 15 year old girl when he was 25. And instead of. Instead of just being like, my bad, that's actually why I hate child sex trafficking. He doubled down and was like, she's a fucking liar and I'm going to sue her. And they were like, oh, okay, interesting. And when when he sued all of these police records and documents from that underage relationship became public and he had to be like, oh, yeah, I did actually do that. Here's his tactical error. Okay. Two tactical errors in this guy's uh, defense of himself. <laughs> One, like you said, could have could have used it as an origin story. This is why I'm after sex trafficking. Exactly. Two, which would all another one, which would also work for the right wing libertarian chud market that he's trying to win over. He could pull the ephebophilia 
they say like she, you know, age of consent, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, that's an easy PR play for that crowd. They're a bunch of fucking creepy dinguses. Yeah. But instead, he filed a lawsuit and Julian Assange filed a lawsuit against yes. the Ecuadorian government. And that move. is where all the stories about Julian Assange's behavior in the mm. embassy come from. The judge, I think it's an actual quote from his ruling, was that your rights have not been violated because the Ecuadorian embassy doesn't want to clean up after your cat. Because that was <laughs> one of his arguments. They were like, fucking, will you at least clean up after your pets? And he was like, no, Julian Assange. Yeah, I love the smell of cat piss. I don't clean up cat shit. I report on corruption within your government. So it wasn't going well. There, no, it was turning into an episode of Fear Thy Roommate, which is an investigation discovery show about roommates who eventually one of them murders the other. (laughs) Sure, I love love it so much. It's so good. (laughs) So this was late 2018. And it's also, weirdly, the point where he starts getting a lot of celebrity support. Mm -hmm. And most notably, I don't know if most notably, but probably the weirdest, Pamela Anderson starts showing up at the Ecuadorian embassy. Sure. And publicly professing her support for Julian Assange. Mm -hmm. And at one point, she reached out to the Australian prime minister, Scott Morrison at the time, to urge him to protect Assange. And Mm -hmm. she says she just got a, quote, smutty reply back. Yeah. Which stands to reason. From what I remember, Scott Morrison was a piece of shit. And also, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you can't be a world leader and be named Scott. (laughs) Like, your last name can be Scott, but your first name can't be Scott. Come on. You know what? Yeah, I I agree with you. It's just not, it's not, it's, it's not a politician name. It's like a, it's a sporting name. Go play sports. What if it was Scottered? What if (laughs) Scotty? His campaign song, Scotty Does Know. (laughs) Scotty Does Know. I mean, look, I think, yes, we should have Montgomery Scott of the USS Enterprise uh, as a president anyway. That's sure. That's that's fine. Scott Morrison sucks ass. He's yeah. an asshole. He was a piece of shit. And Pamela Anderson issued a statement about reaching out to Scott Morrison and his reply. Here goes. Rather than making lewd suggestions about me, perhaps you should instead think about what you are going to say to millions of Australians when one of their own is marched in an orange jumpsuit to Guantanamo Bay for publishing the truth. You can prevent this. More like Damala Anderson, <laughs> fucking get him! Yeah, that that's a it's a good statement. I mean, she has a point. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a solid quote and good for her. Like I know there were other celebrities yeah. kind of speaking up for Julian Assange, but she was going for it. Absolutely. But also, none of that helped. On no. April second, two thousand nineteen, Ecuadorian President Lenin Moreno announced that Assange had violated the terms of his asylum. On April 4th, they invited Metropolitan Police inside the embassy to arrest Julian Assange and, of course, to have a spot of tea because you can't <laughs> invite someone in in England and not have fucking tea. Again, you I've have seen, to have a spot of tea. I've seen the TV shows. So. Right. So Julian Assange has basically been fighting extradition ever since. Yeah. And that fight 
is still ongoing. There have been some interesting developments. For one thing, Olivia, are you sitting down? Should I be? I guess yeah, I can. I just, I don't know. Yeah, because we're both very up and active when we record this, pacing around right. the room full of, of nervous energy, you know, just to get the truth out there to the people. Absolutely. So here, here, go, here goes. I'm just going to okay. say it. In August 2022, a group of journalists and lawyers sued the CIA and Mike Pompeo, alleging that they were put under surveillance by the CIA after visiting Julian Assange in the Ecuadorian embassy. There's no way that's true, right? Sorry, my jaw just hit the ground. <laughs> I can't. That doesn't sound like my CIA. No, that is not my CIA, not my America. I think I would sue the CIA if they didn't start surveilling me after I visited <laughs> Julian Assange in the Ecuadorian embassy. <laughs> Yeah, like, hey, I'm come a on, man. person too. I have feelings. I deserve yeah, this is to be defamation seen. Defamation of character. <laughs> oh, you think I'm not a threat? Wait till this <laughs> podcast goes up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the lawsuit was filed in a New York district court. Claims the CIA had conversations recorded and data from phones and computers copied. No word on whether Pamela Anderson is part of the lawsuit, but it does include journalists Charles Glass and John Getz. This is a quote from Richard Roth, a lawyer representing the group. The United States Constitution shields American citizens from U.S. government overreach, even when the activities take place in a foreign embassy in a foreign country. Yep. And that's important because, uh, as John Ramirez reminded us on the episode about UFOs and the intelligence community, the CIA does not absolutely spy on Americans. No, not ever. Never once. Don't, except for these times. Don't even suggest it. Yeah, except for all these times that Americans showed up to talk to Julian Assange. Right. But that's not like indicative of a larger trend. No, no. This is an isolated. This is an oopsie, you know? Right. Yeah. Whoops. A, whoops. Sorry. We it, left the microphones on or something. <laughs> it's also important because as Julian Assange's lawyers have rightly argued, how do you get a fair trial when the mm. people accusing you we're also recording every conversation you had with your lawyers. Yeah. Like, it's literally Absolutely. no longer possible for him to have a fair trial. Yep. That's true. The United States should give this up. This is a this is a fool's errand. And it really is going to set such a bad precedent. Yeah. Because I think that Obama administration policy still stands. If you yes. indict Julian Assange, who's next? Like, what news outlets broke this story? Right. It's a snowball. And it's the kind of thing, again, it's one of those things where I know if you're a hardcore Democrat and you don't want to criticize Joe Biden, you're going to be content to just kind of let this happen mm -hmm. without saying much about it because Julian Assange is a shitty person. But right. also it sets a precedent that whoever wins in 2024 can build on. Yeah. Yes. And if that's Trump or DeSantis, one of these people who is very vocal about wanting to punish journalists, this right. is the shit they're going to point to when they say they have the grounds to do it. And that yep. fucking Supreme Court we got in place right now isn't going to say a goddamn thing about it. No. And there would not be a very like there just there wouldn't really be an argument against that. Yeah. Other than a basic, you know, moral, ethical one like but that doesn't work on 
fascist, but like no. from a legal like this, it would set a precedent like this is it. We can't do that. And by not saying more about it, people are, you know, you're kind of complicit in it because you, you know, you get what you ask for. A lot of times it reminds me of the hot coffee lawsuit from the 1980s where that woman got third degree burns and had to have skin grafts because McDonald's wanted their coffee hot enough for truck drivers. And (laughs) she was just made a mockery of on late night talk shows for months and months, probably years on end. Years. I remember people in my life making jokes about that case. And I definitely didn't hear it like at the time so it had to have been years later there's a documentary called hot coffee and what's really great about it is it covers that story and what happened around that story was all this demand for tort reform so people couldn't Mm. file frivolous lawsuits and put these poor innocent businesses out of operation forever right and so it covers three other stories that are all the result of that and One of them, these parents, their child was injured during childbirth by like some just obvious negligence by this doctor. And because of all the tort reform laws we passed, the financial award they could be given was capped at like five million dollars. And they were like, that's cool. We're going to have to take care of this kid his entire life. That five million will probably get us until he's like five. But (laughs) hot coffee. It's like. This is kind of the same thing. Like, we're going to be really pissed when Trump is literally locking up journalists in 2025. Mm -hmm. But it's going to have a lot to do with us not being that angry that Julian Assange got locked up in eh, 2023, probably. I doubt they'll get him this month. (laughs) Yeah, no, right. No, they'll let him have Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we are nothing if not just. (laughs) Right. This is a God-fearing nation. We will not deny Julian Assange of his Christmas. There's no way Absolutely. he's no way he's not an atheist, right? There's no way. Julian Assange? Yeah. Yeah, he's he he must be an atheist. He's got I, I don't know, so I don't but like just yeah. <laughs> he, he just reminds me so much of that era of internet atheism. So apparently the CIA thing, the way it worked, when people would show up to visit with Julian Assange, there was mm-hmm. this security contractor who was at the door and made people turn over their electronic devices like it was yeah. Dave Chappelle and John Mayer touring together, and which fucking both of you get over yourselves. Yeah, that just sounds like an extraordinarily unappealing show. No, it happened, though. John Mayer and Dave Chappelle did tour together at one point and did this like... yeah joint fucking thing and we're like no i I don't i don't doubt that but (laughs) it sounds extremely unpleasant yeah i would i would hate every minute of it except john mayer can uh shred a guitar a little bit better guitar player than people expect no no he is no i know i know that i know all the guitar nerd shit about him being a good guitar player i don't like his music so it doesn't matter He plays bad music well. So when they would hand their devices over, this company, which was called Undercover Global SI, which 
Come on, just say CIA affiliated security. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just call yourself all of these that. Things. Come they on. have the, the more generic, the more sinister the name yeah. sounds. And these people are like, oh, sure, I trust you. Here, take my device. And of course, they just uh-huh. went and copied the contents of these devices and yeah. sent all of that to the CIA, according to the well, lawsuit. Allegedly. Even if they're not working for. For the CIA, they probably love the CIA. Oh I mean, hell you don't yeah! Get into fucking security and shit if you don't like fetishize law enforcement. Yeah, they work there because they failed the test that gets you into the CIA. Right, probably. the psych test. <laughs> so the claims in that lawsuit kind of mirror the media's reaction to the Assange case in general. In December 2021, The Nation published an op-ed by John Nichols titled The Prosecution of Julian Assange Absolutely Threatens Freedom of the Press. And it Mm -hmm. absolutely does. And what I found out in researching this is it turns out the sticking point here is the U.S. government's argument is that Julian Assange is not a journalist. Right. Because if he was, then what he did is... It's like Watergate shit. It's just reporting. It's reporting on government corruption and you cannot, under the current constitution, you can't Mm -hmm. be prosecuted for that. That's not a crime. Right. But the government's argument is, well, he's not a journalist. He's just a guy. Just some guy. (laughs) And the thing is, the Bill of Rights doesn't say that. The Bill of Rights isn't, but we're only talking about journalists. Like, it doesn't reference journalists. Yeah, it's it's freedom of the... People who have a Bachelor of Arts in <laughs> Journalism. From an accredited college. From an accredited college. Right. None of this online yeah. bullshit. With a 3.0. <laughs> <laughs> Send us an essay. Tell us about what right. groups you've been involved in. We'll decide. This is all in the Bill of Rights. <laughs> but that is kind of the government's argument is, well, we get to decide who's a journalist. Like... Yeah. And it's like, no, you don't. That's not what the point of the Bill of Rights was. It wasn't to protect the profession of journalist. It was to protect the free flow of information, as John Nichols puts it in his op-ed. So it's an absurd argument, but it's one that if Julian Assange is extradited, where's it going to go? It's going to go to the Supreme Court. And what is this Supreme Court going to do when this case is in front of them? I would argue it doesn't matter if Biden is in office. It doesn't matter who's in office. Like, they're going to side with the authoritarian view of things. Right. The court transcripts will just be 60 straight minutes of laughter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just fucking doodles and shit. Yeah. Garfield drawings. I love this country. Yeah. It's... This is. <laughs> oh, really? No, oh, come on. Yeah, the only U.S. politician who has really said anything of note about this is U.S. Representative Roe Khanna, a mm. Democrat from California, who said, I oppose the criminal prosecution of Assange. The prosecution of Assange will have a chilling impact on any journalist who publishes information and is a violation of the First Amendment. Assange did many morally suspect things by failing to redact the personal information of civilians and putting them in harm's way, and also coordinating the timing of his releases 
to wreak havoc in the 2016 election. But Mm -hmm. one can condemn Assange's actions while not setting a precedent of criminalizing the publication of material that challenges state power. End quote. And there it fucking is. Well said. Like, it doesn't really matter who this is happening to. This is actually a very serious moment in American history. At least if it goes that way, it will be looked back on as very serious. Absolutely. 100%. And again, you know, separate the artist from the art. Right. Yeah. This is just like tar. It's basically the same moral. It's exactly like tar. I feel like this episode is going to be in contention for all the same awards that that movie will be. I'm I'm up for best actress. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No, I mean, you know, and Julian Assange is eventually going to like end up composing music for Monster Hunter World. (laughs) (laughs) So not only is that one op-ed writer at The Nation up in arms about this, the most recent development happened just this past week. The... Mm -hmm list of names opposing the extradition of Julian Assange just became a whole lot more prominent. The editors and publishers of five different media outlets, The New York Times, The Guardian, Le Monde, Der Spiegel, and El País published Mm -hmm. an open letter calling for the United States government to end its extradition and prosecution of Julian Assange. That's actually what got this story back on my radar. I was scrolling through headlines and saw that and was like, Mm -hmm. that's big. Yeah, that's interesting. It's especially interesting because this is at the same time a story that you would think mainstream media outlets like the New York Times would be a little angrier about or be a little more vocal about. But you're not hearing a whole lot about it. It's mostly overseas press. And you'll notice that every other outlet that signed that letter is from a different country, not the New York Times. But well, I mean, good on the New New York York Times for doing this still. But like collectively, they are all from different countries. Right. Then, you know, like because the New York Times and it's from America. Anyway, I was just including the New York Times within what you were saying. Anyway. Right. Yeah. But also it's the United States doing this. So, you right. Would, well, sure. You yeah. would prefer if I don't know, maybe the Washington Post yes. signed on the Wall Street Journal, maybe, you know, like yeah. that would also be sure. pretty great. Yeah. I mean, I would no way the Wall Street Journal is going to. No, anything like that. No. And Washington Post, maybe we'll see. And yeah, it was again, I brought up earlier the Obama administration didn't decide decided not to indict Julian Assange on the grounds that they would also have to indict the publishers of that material. Yeah. And so it's easy to go, oh, yeah, Trump, he's the authoritarian. He's bringing it back. Now he wants to indict Julian Assange. But so does Obama's VP. Like, yeah, Joe Biden is not scaling any of that Trump shit back. And when you couple that with that Obama administration quote, it's it's kind of easy math that Joe Biden does kind of intend this to be a means of prosecuting journalists for reporting on your errors, because it's not like he doesn't have anything that yeah. people can report on. Like, right. The withdrawal from Afghanistan was pretty fucking ugly. Granted, it's a thing yeah. we were begging Obama to just do. Like, I mean, it needed to happen. The entire time. It yeah, it needed to happen. Well. We just really fucked it up, if you yeah. can believe it. So, wait, wait, wait. You're saying 
the American Armed Forces fucked something up in the Middle East? I know. <laughs> yes, it's called the Middle East. <laughs> it's what we fucked up in the Middle East. Yep. So this isn't really a bright side, but there has been a change of course within the Australian government also, because yeah. Julian Assange is Australian. He's an Australian citizen. Right. While Scott Morrison was convinced that this was a matter for the U.S. to worry about and mm -hmm. no one else, current Prime Minister Anthony Albanese sees it differently. A few days after that open letter was released, he said he'd raised the issue of Assange with U.S. representatives recently and would continue to do so until the U.S. government drops the matter. He also acknowledged that the Assange case is an issue of great interest to many Australians and of interest to people across this chamber. And that's yeah. an important statement because Scott Morrison really did, when asked when he was asked about this, he really did say, that's for the U.S. to worry about. And it's yeah, like, he was just like, man, I want to fuck Pamela Anderson or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, apparently that was his go-to when she asked him about it. So it is important that this prime minister came out and said that because yeah. at least he's concerned about his citizens. Because that's the thing. At the end of the day, you, you're the prime minister. You have to at least be like, well, yeah, he's he's Australian. Of course we care. We don't want him. Right. But Scott Morrison well, was a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, like, it's similar, you know, it's this whole, like, coalition thing, like, especially with some right-wing asshole like Scott Morrison. And look, I don't know much about Anthony Albanese. I don't know what his politics are particularly, but, like, I'm sure Morrison was much more willing, it seems, to suckle at the UST. Mm. Yeah, I don't know much about the current state of Australian politics. Yeah, me neither. I'm sure they've really come around on immigration since I last checked. Oh, it. sure. Yeah, absolutely. I bet there's no racism in Australian <laughs> politics at all anymore. So that's kind of where the Julian Assange story is. We're still mm -hmm. waiting to see if he's going to be extradited. It seems like kind of the global feeling on it is that he should not be like. Yes, th that part is also crossing some boundaries, just like. The side that wants to have him extradited and prosecuted, that crosses several U.S. government administrations, but there yeah. are all sorts of sectors of the world outside of that that are calling for the opposite. And I think it's a perfectly valid point. I do think this is kind of an important moment that yeah. we got to hope goes our way. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> the last part I want to talk about is... Mm. uh. I mentioned it earlier, but the Chelsea Manning case, what happened there is Chelsea Manning was dealing with WikiLeaks, but also reached out to a hacker named Adrian Lameau mm -hmm. at the time. And if you read the transcripts, it's like, hey, how, what would you think if I could tell you? Like, <laughs> It was like the active locations of troops in the Middle East and shit. And Adrian Lameau turned Chelsea Manning in reported to the authorities and what a dick how, how can you call yourself a hacker well his do shit like that argument and i never really talked to him about this specifically but i do know his argument was that he legitimately thought people were going to be killed if that information was released in the way they yeah. wanted to release it so he i mean I guess to put your, yourself in his shoes, he kind of felt like, well, yeah, I'm going to be an asshole if I report this, but I'm also kind of an asshole if I don't. I 
guess. Yeah. And I didn't know who Adrian Lameau was. Right. And then he just kind of showed up as a fan of my writing at Cracked. Mm -hmm. And what's weird is in 2015, when almost no one was willing to say they even thought Trump could win the Republican nomination, much less win the presidency. You did. People didn't want to jinx it. Well, I remember in 2015, Norm MacDonald was actually one of the first people to come out in an interview and was like, oh, this Trump's uh, kind of like Hitler, right? And people were like, <laughs> OK, OK, the, has Trump committed genocide? And it's like it took Hitler a while to get there, you dipshits. But I remember seeing all the uproar around that. And I was like, what are you talking about? Of course, Trump is like Hitler. And I yeah. wrote a cracked article about it. And it got something like six million page views. And this is like in the thick of Trump announcing that he's going to run. And I wrote this article and was like, of course, Trump could win. After I wrote that article, which that's a lot of people to read one article. A lot of people started showing up in my life after that. Mm. And Adrian Lameau was one of those people who just kind of befriended me after that cracked article out of the blue. Like I had never gotten... Because there's like people who are fans of my work, but I like heard from them before that. <laughs> like right. they they showed right. up when I wasn't doing political, like I've done political stuff for a long time, but like that's when I like this, my podcast and my writing got really political when Trump was running. Yeah. And that's also when people like Adrian Lameau showed up and it's like, dude, you're being nice. And I get, I, I appreciate if you are a fan, I appreciate it. But also you turned a motherfucker into the government. Yeah. And that's tough. I'm sitting here like criticizing the government. So like, (laughs) fortunately, we never really talked about anything that important because he would always like he would want to like send you an encryption key to be able to talk to him on some strange platform. And it's like, don't trust that either. Sorry. I don't. (laughs) He's like, it needs to be more secure than like Signal or whatever. Yeah. Or WhatsApp. Yeah, he's like, open the global undercover SI app on your phone. The same people that you give your phone to at the Ecuadorian embassy. (laughs) And yeah, so I I knew that guy. And it was... That's crazy. It was weird. And then he died in 2019 in Wichita, Kansas, like three months before my first and only ever trip to Wichita, Kansas. (laughs) And, like, we didn't stay in touch enough for me to know that he was going to Wichita. Apparently, his family is from there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't find out that he had died until months and months and months later because it wasn't, like, a huge... I, I still don't really know how I found out. I think, like, a fucking yeah. tweet, probably. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's my weird side note to the Julian Assange story. I knew Adrian yeah. Lameau. I mean, he seemed like a nice enough guy, but... Sure. Like, also, you can't, like, go infiltrate upstart young political writers and be an asshole about it. Like, hey, fuck face, <laughs> the government sent me here. Yeah. Tell me who you I are. Mean, yeah. Follow me I on mean, Signal. It mu- it's like, you have Signal already? It must be hard to build trust at a certain point. Yeah. I would argue we never really built trust. Well, sure. We Facebook messaged. And again, he was nice, yeah. but... It was weird. It was. Yeah. It was really of all the people to have show up, like having that guy. It's like, are 
this 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 would be bad for my reputation, right? <laughs> What's happening here? But also, rest in peace. They still don't know how yeah. he died. He died Rip. <laughs> under very mysterious conditions. He, I think, is younger than or was younger than me, and I think his cause of death was like natural causes. Like they just don't yeah. really know. They think he might have had a drug interaction with Kratom, mm. but he he fell and his head fell into a sheet of saran wrap and it got <laughs> tangled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Natural causes. He took acid and got too hysterical and jumped out a window. <laughs> right. Oh, man. The government, right? Right. The government. So cool. Oh, we have fun. Oh, we love uh, the gov. Uh, we are fascists. <laughs> the government, not us. I know, not us, <laughs> not you and me. Uh, so, unless you have any questions about Adrian Lameau or any final thoughts <laughs> on Julian I don't, Assange. I'm kind, yeah, I'm just kind of flabbergasted about that. I mean, it's a crazy thing, and it's crazy that he died. Other than that, I don't really, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was strange. It was very strange. Yeah. Um. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? I think that's our episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't arrest right. Julian. Uh, don't don't arrest Julian Assange. No, Not yeah, that fuck that sucks. That, I mean, or like maybe like Sweden should arrest him for like the sexual assault stuff, but like right. all this other stuff, like whatever. But uh, as for plugs, uh, going back, our our lost rewatch podcast nearing the end of season one. Having a good time. Yay, yay. Uh, I'm on the dying social media platform, Twitter. I don't tweet very often unless something insane happens. Like, I don't know, like the sitting president breaking up a union mm-hmm. strike. That did happen, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know about that until today. And uh, other than that, nothing. No, no plugs. I... Would like to plug adamtodbrown.substack.com, where you can read my writings. Uh, if you would follow me there, I would appreciate it. Also, follow me on Hive Social at Adam Todd Brown. That's Todd with one D. Trying it out. Trying out the Twitter yeah. alternative. I took the leap, tweeted about it, said, follow me on Hive Social. And a bunch of people tweeted back and said, the servers are down for maintenance. And that is a situation <laughs> that lasted about two days. So that tweet was pointless. But, yeah. you know, you can follow me there now anyway. <laughs> and uh, I think that's it. That's good enough. Let's get the fuck out of here. Olivia, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Also, rest in peace, Christine McVie. Yes, rest in peace. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.